Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. edition we are so sad we just recorded 40 minutes of one of our best podcasts of the season and we just lost it all because my computer decided to freak out so we're going to try to recreate at least part of it but we're sort of short on time we were going to try to hurry this week anyway and then we just lost you know two hours worth of work so we're here to talk about happily ever after (laughs) (laughs) which is not what my computer is going to be living (laughs) after this point we're very sad. We, oh man, we had 40 minutes yeah. of pure We were almost wonderfulness. done. We were so close. We were starting on emails and blog comments, and then we lost it all. And it, oh, it was so good. We had such good discussions, and you guys will never get to hear it, but we will at least benefit from it. It's the podcast that will live on in our memory. Yeah. So we're really sad, but, you know, we're going to try to push on here for you guys and at least give you something. At least we had the initial reaction this yeah, week. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah. So, okay, Denise. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> well, we'll we'll do a quick summary of the stuff that we had before. Okay, yeah. So. We've still got our notes. We can pretty much say the same things, but, you know, it's never the same. The second time we try to explain something, it just doesn't, you know. I feel like I've already said it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to say it again. I don't want to repeat myself. It only ends once. <laughs> oh. Okay. So, happily ever after. It was awesome. Um, yes. It was a great episode. Um, I already said this earlier, but, uh, I think it's really great how Lost can go from two episodes ago in Abiturno, everything that we were talking about had to do with faith and hell and the devil and religious themes. And now it's all about science. And now your computer's the devil in <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> but now so much of it is about science. Of course we have the love theme, mm-hmm. but then we've also have the experiments, the return of the whole electromagnetism thing. Yeah. And just in two episodes, the switch just happens so fast. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so great about Lost is that this huge switch in in such a short space and of time. the possibility of a war on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. So, um, one thing we were talking about earlier was um, Charles and Eloise, what do they have to do with everything? Does it matter if the two timelines exist simultaneously? Um, can they not continue in that? Is Eloise somehow overseeing everything that's going on and changing things to be the way she wants them to be? Because it seems like she is hiding things from everyone. My personal opinion is that Charles Widmore doesn't know. Yeah, I don't um, think that he does either. I don't think he knows anything in the alternate timeline that anything's suspicious, that anything is is not the way it's supposed to be. And I wonder if this is the timeline the way she wants it to be and she's designed it somehow because her son is alive. And it's her happily ever after. Yeah, it's her happily ever after. She's together with Charles also. 
Um, so two things that apparently make her really happy that aren't true in the real timeline. And she seems to be the one saying to Desmond, you're not ready yet to see this list. She's not ready for things to change. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want things to go back to the way the real timeline is. I think she knows that they're, that him showing up means that something is going to happen that's unstoppable. And she's just trying to, you know, kind of put it out of her head and not think mm-hmm. about it because she doesn't want to lose everything that she has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing we had been saying earlier was about the paintings in the office. And I think this was in response to a voicemail, maybe pointing out that, um, what, what significance do the paintings even have to Charles Whitmore? There are two paintings of scales and they have the, the rocks on them, the black rock on one side scale, the white rock on the other. One of them's in a white frame. One of them's in a black frame. Just cool little Easter eggs like that. But what significance does it have to Whitmore? Is the scale significant to him somehow? Because we've seen it in connection to Jacob and the Man in Black. Uh-huh. What does he know about that? Do they influence this timeline? Are they absent from this timeline entirely? Why would he have those paintings? Or did Eloise commission those paintings? <laughs> sort of hide these things in there? Maybe she commissioned them to be put over the polar bear Namaste one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think she's got a big hand in this, really. And we haven't seen her much at all, really, through the whole show, but all of a sudden it seems like, what if all this alternate timeline was her idea? Oh, and I had the really good idea about, um, the reason she left the island was because, you know, she made something really big happen, or mm, or something mm-hmm. really big happen, and that's what forced her off of the island, and that's what, you know, sent her to the to the lamppost and everything. I wish I could yeah. remember that exact <laughs> idea. Cause, oh, I'm really bummed we lost that whole podcast. Because, <laughs> really, I mean, I don't plant I you know we make some notes but then we just kind of mm-hmm. start talking and go yeah. with it yeah I don't I don't write down my theories ahead of time <laughs> yeah um so one thing that we want to talk about is um why is Jin there watching what's going on with Desmond and watching these experiments what's the purpose of that because he was brought over there but are they going to use him for the experiment why do they have him watching Desmond? He never has had such a close connection to Desmond. Yeah. It seems very odd that he's just sitting there watching. Is he waiting for something to happen? I mean, don't you think if if the reason that they really brought Jin over is because his name was on all the maps, don't you think that if they really wanted someone that knew what was going on, they'd take um, perhaps the head of security from back then? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Not just the guy that drew some maps? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just um, a theory? Yeah. Don't I don't eat it, computer. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think that they could really use Jin for an experiment because the people they want seem to be people that have been exposed to electromagnetic energy. Yeah. I think that's why they can use the rabbits. I think they must have to expose the rabbits to high levels of electromagnetic radiation. Man, I had a good rabbit joke before and everything. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think that they can um they they can use the rabbits because they can expose the rabbits to that first and then use them as the, the test for the experiment. And um, if you remember the Comic-Con video from a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. it was about there was a rabbit and then another rabbit just appeared and they were like, oh, don't let the rabbits touch. And if you think about when Desmond reached out to shake Penny's hand and he fainted at that point, is that connected to the rabbits somehow? They're not supposed to touch... If you if if Desmond touches Penny's hand, like, every time he touches her hand, is he going to, like, faint or pass out? Or is it just, like... That could cause some problems in once? a relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, honey, it's like, so nice to see you after like, work. Bam! You're, like, rogue on X-Men. Yeah. <laughs> How, like, 
you know, her touch, like, You've seen sucks X-Men. the life. Yeah, I've seen X. They're on my shelf. Look over there. I'm impressed. Why? I love X-Men. Yeah, me too. I've loved X-Men since I was, like, in seventh grade. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Rogue's awesome. Yeah. I think your joke on our previous podcast was about Desmond and Penny being, like, rabbits and creating lots of little Charlies. <laughs> it, it was better the first time whenever yeah, you was. hadn't already heard it. It was. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so Widmore says to Desmond, like, I've, I've been, if everything I've been told about you is true, then this'll be fine, this'll work out fine. So who told him, and is this a sign that in, in this timeline, the real timeline, he is working against Eloise, he's working to keep things the way they are because, I don't know, because he's in control, because he wants to find the island again for some reason, is he trying to keep things the same and he doesn't want the alternate timeline to exist? And why does it matter if the alternate timeline exists? Can the two things not exist simultaneously? Is one going to just merge into the other at some point? One's going to destroy the other, eat the other up so they can't exist at the same time? Because otherwise. Going, chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah. But otherwise, seriously, who cares? If there's two timelines and they exist and they go along without even being aware of each other, it doesn't matter. But once they get become aware of each other, why does it start to matter then? Well, I think just because their consciousness, consciousnesses, that is a hard word to make plural, <laughs> um, I think that once they start to realize that they're living two separate lives at the same time, it's just, it's it's too hard for them to, to cope with and something is going to have to give. Hmm. Either the timelines are going to have to give or it's going to be curtains for them, hmm. you know? Curtains for you, Doctor. Lacy gently wafting curtains. <laughs> Doctor Horrible sing along blog. Um, okay, so oh, uh, I had explained earlier. I had this great theory that got debunked when I rewatched the episode a couple times, but um, it brings out kind of a lot of aspects of Desmond and the way he's traveling back and forth. When I rewatched the episode, the first thing I thought at the end was, "Hey, what if this is actually Desmond's alternate consciousness that's come over?" into his body, because he wakes up completely willing to do what Widmore wants him to do, and I thought, well, that would make sense because Widmore's his boss, and so he sees his boss, and he's like, no, no, I totally understand, I know what you want me to do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work with you now. But, that's debunked by two things, one is that he knows who Saeed is, mm -hmm. basically, or it seems to know, when he sees Saeed in the jungle, and he also says, uh, he refers to the conversation that he and Widmore had right after he woke up. Right. And so... It's not that, but it seems like maybe it's it's some sort of combination of his two consciousnesses. The one that knows what he's... I mean, because there's something... Something's crossing over, no, 60, right? 60-30. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something is crossing over between the two timelines to make him aware. And also yeah. the time discrepancy that he was only out for a few seconds, but he experienced basically a whole day and he seems to remember that or at least know why he was there, what his purpose is now. Yeah. And if you look at this episode in the way that it was set up, it's set up a lot like Flashes Before Your Eyes uh, for most of it, and then the end is sort of more like the constant. So in Flashes Before Your Eyes from season three, you had island stuff, and then they showed you Desmond's flashes, and that went for most of the middle part of the episode, and at the very end, they had more island stuff. Uh-huh. So basically, that's what we saw, right? Island, and then this big long flash of everything that's happening in the sideways and then back to the island. Then once we get back to the island, it was more like the constant where you have the flashing back and forth. So, you know, Desmond's touching Penny's hand, fainting, waking mm -hmm. back up. So is he going to keep fainting and waking back up? Like when he was in the army and that was happening to him, 
in the constant, that was sort of a problem because yeah. <laughs> he wasn't waking up when the drill sergeant was trying to wake them up and he was standing up all of a sudden when everyone else is doing crunches on the ground and, yeah. and the drill sergeant's like, oh, you want to run? <laughs> run, run. Uh, so that kind of got him in trouble there, but is he going to keep passing out all well, the time? You have a, an interesting note there about, you know, no whoosh being between the oh, yeah? handshake yeah. and back on the island waking up. Yes, no noises. The lack of whoosh, you know, has obviously got to mean something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what. Um, there weren't... Oh, I should have paid better attention when I watched Flash For Your Eyes in the Constant, because I'm not sure if there were whooshes then, but I think a lot of it was just when it's just the back and forth consciousness thing. I'm pretty sure in the Constant there weren't yeah. whooshing noises. It was just one scene cut straight to the next, and you're just as surprised as he is. Like, oh, all of a sudden we're somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, speaking of surprised... Do you think that Eloise looked pretty surprised to see him? I think up? so. I mean, yeah. I think that there's a chance that maybe if Daniel has been remembering more things and adding more to his journal, that, um, like, yeah, the quantum mechanics is definitely puzzling to him because he doesn't know quantum mechanics, but maybe some of the other stuff that's not straight-up physics, he's waking up and writing down, but he doesn't know why. Hmm. And maybe she's found that and read it and, you know, finds the page where it says... Desmond Hume is my constant, and mm-hmm. then he comes up and introduces himself to her and like, hey, I'm Desmond Hume, and she's like, you're the guy from the notebook, this mm. is not going to be good. Yeah. I wonder how much she's keeping an eye on everybody, if she'll know if Desmond starts to visit all the people from the plane. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. She definitely seems to know a lot, but I wonder how much Daniel tells his mom. I wonder if he still lives at home. And he's just like... <laughs> or if he goes home um... every night for dinner. <laughs> Hey, Mom, I did this weird thing last night. I drew some quantum mechanics. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see, anything else? Um, I don't know Most of <laughs> Most of my good thoughts, I think, you know, either got erased or <laughs> oh, went no. to uh, went to the initial reaction. So yeah. I, I mostly had the stuff that I, you know, was going to go with. That was a really crappy sentence sorry that's all right that's all right you can We're, just edit that we've out we've been doing this for over two hours and <laughs> all we have to show so far is 14 minutes so yeah <laughs> it's sad um i guess i had one more thing written down here and um the whole love thing actually i think we should maybe talk about the love part a little bit more yeah but um at first desmond was trying to deny what he felt um and Charlie was saying, you know, haven't you been in love? And he said, oh, thousands of times. No, that's not what I mean. Yeah. And so at first he's the man of science. He's the man of business. He's mm-hmm. got a job. He has no connections. He just does his, his work and does a good job. But there's nothing really holding him to any place. He can travel around the world for Woodmore. It doesn't well, matter. Woodmore talks about how he has the ideal life because of that. But what I think yeah. he means is he's the ideal employee <laughs> rather than <laughs> has the empl- the ideal life. Yeah, definitely. So, but anyway, he's like the man of science then, and then he meets Penny, and his idea of everything completely changes, and it's sort of like he becomes a man of faith. So it's Mm -hmm. sort of a microcosm of the whole show in this episode, um, that Desmond kind of goes from being the man of science to the man of faith. Um, And you can see that when he asks Minkowski for the manifest. He's like, okay, I have to show all these other people also, you know? This thing that I found is so great, I've got to tell everybody else about it. So we had been talking about the love a little bit earlier. Let's, what do we we said something about? Oh um, yeah, my idea. Maybe some of the reason for the bleed through is because they're experiencing things that reminded them of love. Yeah. Like um, whenever Kate was looking down at at the killer whale that Aaron used to play with in oh, Claire's yeah. bag, yeah. 
you know, that brought back feelings of love. And then whenever Jack noticed the, uh, the appendix scar, you know, maybe he didn't actually love Julia, but he thought that there was a potential for love hmm. there. Yeah, uh, we had some comments, email or blog, I forget where they are, but somebody was asking if um, Charlotte would also have these sort of flashes if she saw Daniel in the alternate timeline. I don't know. You know, was, was her feeling that strong? Would she feel that as well? Um, why don't we go through just a few of these comments real quick, and okay. then we'll maybe play a few of the voicemails. Because um, we heard from some people this time who haven't written in before, mm -hmm. and they uh, went to the trouble to do that. So I don't want to just skip over all this, but we are sort of pressed for time, because I know you have a lot of homework this weekend. Um, we heard from Methodic John, and he was wondering if Miss Hawking spent a lot of time around the nuke on the island, and so she has this ability to see forwards, backwards, and sideways. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's sort of interesting because it implies that she can control it, maybe, to yeah. some measure, and that she knows what she's seen. And... Or that she can at least monitor it in some useful way. Yeah, kind of like Jacob monitors stuff through the lighthouse. Uh, we heard from Jory <laughs> in the Netherlands, and um, he's, he says he's not really sure how to feel about this season because it seems like the last 10 minutes of every episode is good. <laughs> Everything else just sort of building up. So hopefully that'll change. I mean, we can handle it, right? Yeah. We can take reveal after reveal after reveal for an entire hour. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I would say Our so. brains <laughs> might explode a little bit, but... Yeah. Jory also seems a little sad that... Uh, he says, Ben was one of my favorite characters once. Now he's just a prop, it seems. Not even close to the guy who confronted Widmore. Yeah. So, yeah, that is sad. He is really taking a back seat this season. Um, but he also says that the Flash Sideways are finally getting interesting. Um, I think we are finally getting closer to the rules from Flashes Before Your Eyes, which is one of the things I want to know more about. So, I like how Eloise called it a uh, violation when she yeah. saw the Desmond. So, like, there are actual rules, and yeah. you're allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that. Is, like, is it her rules? And violation is it such, rules? like, a formal, such yeah. a formal word, You should too. get a ticket for it. <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> Um, another new person we heard from is Abdullah from Oxford, England, and um, he really liked this episode, it seems like, and uh, had some thoughts relating to the, the constant. He asks about Daniel's journal. It says, if something happens, Desmond Hume is my constant. Will that trigger something with Daniel when he sees him at, at that um, event? Uh -huh. We didn't really see that it did that. You know, he didn't really have this connection to his constant. So maybe, maybe but, I mean, he Desmond go... isn't his constant. Well, yeah. He just maybe thought Desmond was supposed to be his constant because he was like, well, I've seen Desmond in 1996 and I've seen him here. Yeah. But maybe Charlotte was supposed to be his real constant. Maybe it has to be the love connection instead of just, you know, somebody that you happen to see mm -hmm. and you know you're going to see. Cause, I mean, yeah, rather than just someone you know for a long time. Yeah. Um. He, uh, this is Abdullah still, and he says, If Desmond gets all the people from the plane, how would the people who already died see what happened on the island after their death? And one That's more... That's a weird thought. Yeah. And one more thing, what would they choose? Which reality would they choose? For some, the, the sideways seems like a better life, but for others, it doesn't. So yeah, I guess I mean, being alive true. would generally be better. Preferable a lot of the time. Yeah. But then you get to people like Saeed. Is it better to have Nadia alive and not be able to be with her? Or to be able to be with her and be married to her for a short time and then have her taken away from you? Is better to have loved and lost <laughs> than to have never loved at all? It's a good question. 
Um, Carol wrote in and sent a couple links to pictures. There are some pins on Eloise's jacket. They're sort of like stars. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, eight, I totally didn't notice that eight, during so the like episode. Eight-sided, you know, like a star bursting out. And then a, a picture of Juliet's brand, which looked very similar. So that was interesting. Carol says she has no idea what it might mean, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's interesting to wonder if that's uh, anything or not. Um... Let's see, Becky wrote on the blog that Charlie and Daniel both seem to have knowledge of the island in the alternate timeline, and they both died on the island in the original timeline. Um, but Desmond also has the knowledge of the yeah. both timelines, and he's not dead. So, I wonder I, I wonder if Hurley has the knowledge of the two, since he has the ability to see dead people and talk to them. Hmm. Well, dead people aren't necessarily from the alternate timeline, so... I know, but I mean, I think, think of... Think of the people that seem to, you know, be able to recognize the two of them. Hmm. So, yeah. It's yeah. an idea. Yeah. Um, and I just love Hurley, so. <laughs> well, that's allowed. <laughs> DJ Chow says he was a little bit bored by this episode, which, oh no. That's sad. I know. I I was just, like, not even wanting to blink, really. I know. Um, and he says... Daniel and Charlie died in the other timeline, so that's why they see the change. Does that mean that if Charlotte saw Daniel, she would experience the same thing? Um, and it seems to be a little bit different for each person. Daniel just had to see Charlotte. Charlie had to literally die, and Desmond had to be in the water to experience the other timeline. So, again, the trigger for all these things seems to be different, right? Yeah. So I don't know what Desmond's going to do once he tries to find everybody from the plane. But, uh, Miss Wright... Uh, still <laughs> thinks they, they might be in outer space because Eloise had those two star <laughs> lapel pins on her jacket. Um, and she also thinks that the timelines are parallel and things are happening at the same time. I'm still not sure how that works when you have 2004 in one timeline and 2007 in the other, but yeah, I guess I'm not sure. from the point of the bomb, uh, if you just linearly started counting time from that point on, in hours or days or whatever, I, I guess some things would be happening at the same time. Yeah. I hadn't really thought of it that way. Yeah. Steve in Royal Oak. At first he says he didn't like this episode, but then he rewatched and listened to some podcasts and found out he was the only one that didn't really like it. <laughs> <laughs> so on his rewatch, he uh, he thinks he understands it better and has a couple thoughts and questions. The alternate timeline is the second bunny that was created when they reset everything with the nuke. Uh, how did Widmore know that there was a second timeline created? Desmond knows it now, but how did Charles know? So yeah, I mean that does it does seem like Charles Widmore knows in yeah. the real timeline he knows that there's something that has to be fixed or but in the flash sideways he doesn't appear to know yeah, that anything's out of the ordinary. So here's my question: Widmore wants to stop Smokey from leaving the island. He also wants Desmond to do whatever, maybe fix the timeline. So how are the two things connected? Maybe Desmond has to somehow battle the smoke monster. Well, I don't, I feel like Desmond's work is in the other timeline, that he has to actually do something over there. Yeah. But, I mean, what, what's the cause and effect between the smoke monster leaving the island, everything ceasing to be, and the alternate timeline, whether it exists or not, or whether it takes over this timeline or not? Makes me wonder if there was another nuke once upon a time, and that's what created the ability to turn into the smoke monster. How would that work? I don't know. How does it work in cartoons? You know, you get when... bit by a radioactive spider or something. 
True, true. Um, is Eloise working for the smoke monster in the alternate timeline? What does any of this have to do with Jacob and the man in black? Truly don't know on that one. <laughs> yeah. And do all the alternate losties have to go back to the island or maybe just the candidates? Is there such thing as a candidate, I would ask, in the alternate timeline? Yeah, we have no reason to think that, um, that Jacob and the man in black exist in the yeah, alternate timeline. Yeah, we really don't know. Yeah. So if they don't exist, then there would be no such thing as candidates. Yeah. But there could still be those people that are significant for some reason. Yeah. Uh, Big Daddy Des says, The alternate timeline was explained perfectly, but everyone is conveniently avoiding the real question. How does Desmond know how to drive a car with a steering wheel on the left side? <laughs> does that mean on the island he can only drive cars with steering, steering wheels on the right? I guess only time will tell. Pun intended. <laughs> Big Daddy does. Thanks for making us smile on the sad day when we lost our podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to get over this soon. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, Arturo said it, this episode was okay, not all that interesting. Um, but is it one Desmond or both of them? know the same things about the al the island in the alternate timeline. Um, I think it's interesting that Desmond on the island seems to be aware of both to a greater extent than the other Desmond. The other Desmond just yeah. knows there's somebody named Penny out there, and I've seen these quick flashes of her, and I need to go meet her. Yeah. But he doesn't seem to know about everything in the alternate Yeah, he, do he so. doesn't know, like, specifics or anything. He just knows, like, the general idea of her and what she looks like and that he loved her. Yeah. So I guess it has to do more with what timeline did you originally come from? Come from? So they used the electromagnetic coils on Desmond there and like pushed his consciousness out of that one into the other one so he was able to bring back all the information with him whereas the other one isn't aware of the other timeline entirely. Maybe in alternate timeline he has to go back to the MRI and the MRI implodes and <laughs> he lives through another catastrophic electromagnetic He has a failsafe key for the <laughs> And and that MRI. makes it so that he can travel to the other timeline and I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, Kelly wrote on the blog, she loved the episode. Something finally seems to be happening. Someone besides Man in Lock has a plan, which is a good thing. Um, her husband apparently thought that the car stunt was lame. <laughs> well, it did seem like he sped up as he was heading towards the water. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was like, is Charlie stomping on the gas pedal? Yeah, What's I he was doing? wondering about that. Yeah. Uh, and she also says, I have a feeling that Eloise had found her happily ever after and is trying to prevent Desmond from disrupting it. Can you say bad time cop? Yeah. And then the next comment on the blog from Timmy Fetch Me My Tools also um, said, following on from Kelly, I'm also really beginning to suspect that Eloise is a time cop or something. Does every version of her know about the impending fate of their universe? kind of makes me think that she is somehow connected with Jacob and the Man in Black. Like, like she's probably still a human, but she has some sort of extra special abilities because, you know, like, maybe she's their, like, niece or something. Hmm. That'd be a pretty close connection to them. Um, and, that, you know, that's why she is aware of, of alternate timelines and aware of stuff. Yeah, I don't know how she knows everything that she knows, but... She's really, I wonder how big of a player she's going to be in the end. Well, it's, you know, we kind of would have said these same things about Ben before. I, we, I wonder true. how he knows all the stuff that he knows. And, you know, we kind of figured that out. Yeah, but he lies. If he, <laughs> he doesn't know, he just makes stuff up. Like, well, Jacob said so. Yeah. But she seems to really, really know. And to some extent, she's got the pendulum. She can find the island again. 
she told Jack recreate recreate your first flight in order to get back to the island. She knows how to move people around and how to get them where she wants them. Yeah. And then things actually happen. Alternate timelines apparently are created. I mean, I'm maybe I'm going too far in blaming the whole alternate timeline on her. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't feel but, like I, I am, mean, but... if it ends up being right, you have proof that you said it. <laughs> Unless this podcast also goes away. I was just thinking the same thing. Oh, no. You should probably hit save. (laughs) In just a minute. Last comment from the blog is from Laurel in Arizona. Um, And Laurel says that they love the episode. They love the podcast as well. And what happened to the ring? Desmond was wearing a wedding band in LAX when he was talking to Jack on the plane, but he's not wearing it now. And Minkowski made a point of that. Yes, he did. So that's very strange. I don't remember seeing it in LAX, and it's not up on Hulu anymore, so I can't watch it. (laughs) Yeah. But if anybody else knows, I'm interested if there's a screen cap out there because I couldn't find one on yeah, the quick just, search that we I did. Yeah, I just don't remember looking for that, honestly. Yeah. But Minkowski made the point. So maybe if he was wearing the ring, it was just a goof in LAX and they just decided, let's have Minkowski make the point that he's not married now. Well, I mean, we wondered the same thing. Why are Sun and Jin not wearing wedding rings? But then that then ended they weren't up married. being yeah. a big part of the story. So yeah. who knows? Yeah. Hmm. All right, that's our pitiful attempt at recreating the great conversation that we had earlier, which we're very sad that we lost. Um, let's throw in a few voicemails, because we just had a few this week. Just we can, play uh, them all in one go. Well, we can. We have our notes, right? We can respond to them really quickly, briefly. Let's go. It's 519. Let's go. Woo! All right, the first voicemail is one that we received immediately after the episode aired. It's very short, and it's anonymous. <laughs> wow. All right, thank you, Anonymous. That pretty much sums it up. Yeah, good episode. All right, next is Scotty Six. Hey, Anna and Denise. This is Scotty Six in New Jersey, actually in Washington, D.C. right now with no internet. That's why I'm calling instead of sending an email. Uh, definitely loved uh, Happily Ever After last night. Um, you know, I think I had actually called you guys before and talked about how maybe Desmond was going into the X timeline in the past and flashes before your eyes and maybe part of the constant. Uh, that was probably blown out of the water last night since we uh, saw him meet Penny for the first time uh, in 2007 or 2004, I guess it is at this point uh, in the X timeline. But it did, I think something that was really important was that uh, Eloise Hawking, or Eloise Whitmore now, uh, definitely was upset to see Desmond before he even said a word to her, before he was looking for Penny, before he was looking for anybody else. She knew that this was bad news. Um, as soon as she saw him in that wedding tent or party tent or whatever it was. So I think that's really important. Another thing I, you know, I'd like to know is how did uh, Daniel's uh, page from his notebook get from the X timeline to the regular timeline? Because I'm pretty sure that is the exact page that Caesar saw in the Hydra station back in uh, 316, I think it was. Maybe Life and Death, Jeremy Trenton, I can't remember which one. So anyway, uh, thanks a lot. Love the show. Uh, hope you get to listen to it. We'll see how much internet I get this week. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Scotty Six. Uh, I I do agree that I think that Eloise knew as soon as she saw Desmond that, yeah. hey, this is the guy I've been keeping a lookout for, and this is the guy that could change everything, so I've got to keep him from doing that. Mm-hmm. But she definitely had the recognition right away, and then everything she said was so significant, like, um, um, it's about time that we met, and, you know, just You're not like ready yet. Time. Yeah, and... yeah, that was good, too. And then he was also asking about the page from the journal. I don't know that the actual, like physical page travels back and forth between the timelines. I think it's just his knowledge. Yeah, he was able to recreate it. Yeah, that it was just in his mind, and so he was able to draw it just the same as he did in the other timeline. Yeah. 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 
and he also referenced flashes before your eyes and Desmond's um, flashes there. Some people did used to think they were into the sideways, but apparently not because he's never met Penny before. Whereas Penny was a pretty prominent person in his other flashes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I really need to rewatch that episode once I yeah. don't have a test coming up in just a few days. Yeah, I watched it last weekend and it was interesting watching it from the perspective of what if this is flash sideways because some of the things don't mesh up with the real timeline yeah the i won't call you for eight years but he just talked to her like three years earlier right before the boat race but huh you know maybe they just ran into each other at the stadium whatever all right next is the jd man hello anna co-host denise well this was a better episode than last week's well <laughs> i'm not breaking any uh big news there i suppose but, let's see, what were the big things? Apparently, everyone in Desmond's uh, Flash Sideways knew about the alternate timeline except him. Oh, and uh, Charlie is Widmore's kid. <laughs> okay. Well, that's... Well, did they say that? That's the way it was in the actual timeline? Maybe this alternate timeline thing changes... Uh, parents and stuff. I don't know that, but, you know, that'd be one more, huh, that's a very interesting, uh, idea moment. All this stuff having to do with time travel is really confusing, so I try not to think about it. But, I do have kind of a thought, you know, in his side flashways, this is how he wanted his life to be, except he didn't know about Penny. And then at the end of the episode, he finds Penny. Yeah, okay, Maybe if they start their relationship at that point, isn't the result going to be the same? Desmond, get out of my office. You're not good enough for my booze. Get. You're seeing my daughter and I don't like it. You know, pretty much the exact same what's going on in the actual timeline. Thinking maybe not. I just don't know. I hope you have some insight. But for now, this is JD Man, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, JD man. Yeah, um, I think we can we can clear up your question about Charlie being Widmore's kid. Son? I don't think yeah. we were supposed to take away that Charlie was Widmore's son. Just that uh, Widmore needed him to be at this event that his wife was planning. He's going to be in trouble with his wife <laughs> if Charlie didn't make it there. But I think your question about um, Desmond and how is it going to work out with Widmore's daughter because she's still his daughter apparently. Yeah. Um, but Desmond's a different man. Yeah, I would think that if Desmond and Penny were to get together in this timeline, I think that maybe Woodmore would be okay with it. Mm -hmm. Just because he makes such a point of saying that, you know, nothing is too good for Desmond. Right, and he shares the the McCutcheon with him. Uh-huh. Which he, before, he poured it right in front of him and drank it and basically taunted him like, you're not good enough to drink this. And now yeah. it's like, you know what? We can be all friends and buddy-buddy and sure, you can marry my daughter. So, Yeah. Thanks, JD Man. Next is Trent. Top of the morning, Anna and Denise. This is Trent from the Manners Cast, and I have a question for you. When Desmond came out of his last uh, little, I don't know, jump sideways and decided that he would go along with what Widmore was trying to do, do you think he was realizing that it was necessary for him to do something, like in a good way, or do you think he was? realizing that he could do something to thwart Widmore. Just curious what you guys think. 
Thanks, Trent. You just have such a cheerful voice that that's <laughs> cheered us up a little bit after Talk our podcast mishap. Yes. Um, I think that whenever Desmond, you know, wakes up and comes to, I think that he's realized that Penny and little Charlie are so important that he's going to sacrifice or do whatever needs to be done, even if it's not the best for him, if it's the best for his family. But what's threatening their disappearance? I mean, Charles has told him, no, Charles told Jin everything will cease to be, but he didn't tell Desmond that. All Desmond knows is there's an alternate timeline out there somewhere where I am not with Penny yet, although he's meeting her, he's kind of reliving that whole experience, I guess. But why would it matter to Desmond once he comes back? Why wouldn't he just be like, okay, I saw what you wanted me to see. You ran your little experiment on me. Now let me go back to my family. Wouldn't he want to be with his family right then? And why would he just wander off with Saeed? Well, I don't know. He seemed a little bit doped up after three days of sedation and, you know, traveling on the sub and getting his brain fried. Yeah. So I can understand a little bit of confusion. And maybe he didn't want to get ninja'd by Saeed and have his head torn off. (laughs) That's motivation, too. Yeah. <laughs> but is he actually working against Woodmore from what he saw in the alternate timeline? Is he coming back and, like, actually trying to stop Woodmore from doing something? Or is he convinced? You know, what are his motives? Are his motives good or... I don't know. I mean, he... Woodmore. He probably has such a, a deep mistrust of Woodmore that he doesn't really like the idea of having to help him, but maybe he's still willing to. Mm-hmm. Just because he knows it's for, like, the greater good. But still, I'm asking the greater good of what? Because what's the threat? Well, if we knew that, then we would be a few more episodes ahead, probably, wouldn't we? Probably. (laughs) All right, last voicemail from Alan. Hello, Anne and Denise. This is Alan from Schaumburg calling in after Happily Ever After, episode 11 of season 6. I am calling in rather late this week, so I hope I make the cut, so we shall see. Um, Just a couple main points I want to address with you ladies this week. Number one, in Widmore's office in Los Angeles, there was a rather prominent model slash painting, I believe it was a painting, of the scale we saw in Man in Black's cave that he visited with Sawyer earlier in the season which may be Man in Black's cave, maybe Jacob's. It was not decided definitively. My question is, why would Widmore know of the scale and why would it have meaning to him? I I was under the impression that the scale was a a representative of the balance between Jacob and Man in Black. Um, Apparently, Widmore is aware of the Man in Black, so that could be a teaching of Jacob's that was passed down to Widmore, but I, it struck me as rather odd that Widmore, that the scale would have meaning to Widmore. Second question or theory that I actually have to credit to Big O from the Cranky Fanatic podcast is Miss Hawking slash Mrs. Widmore in the alternate timeline actually being Man in Black. In other words, the Man in Black has chosen Mrs. Widmore's body to inhabit. And I think the theory has evolved from the point of view that Mrs. Widmore is rather adamant towards Desmond that he discontinue 
looking for whatever it is he's looking for. It seems she's quite worried, maybe even afraid of what he might discover. And the only figure in the story that we know of at this point that has really high stakes for the alternate timeline remaining as is, is Man in Black, assuming that Desmond will move forward now and reassemble the Oceanic Losties and uh, have a penultimate uh, last battle with Man in Black. So a couple theories for you ladies to discuss. Enjoy the show as always. Have a nice weekend, and we will speak with you soon. Goodbye. Thank you for your wonderful voicemail, Alan. Uh, Alan is posing the theory that Eloise might be the man in black. I mean, this is this is interesting. It's sort of a theme. We've had feedback about um, maybe Richard is Being Eve. Eve. Maybe the man in black is was a woman originally, and now we've yeah. got maybe Eloise is the man in black. But I'm still saying, well, I don't know if Man in Black and Jacob are actually in the alternate timeline, yeah. if they just lived normal mortal lives and died a long time ago. I don't I don't necessarily think that she is the Man in Black incarnate, but um, I think that maybe she is somehow tied to them in a way that we don't know where she's mortal, but she has a very close connection to them mm-hmm. regardless of what timeline. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds fair. And Alan was also asking about the the painting and what does it mean to Widmore? Is he aware the significance of these paintings of scales in his office? I think we touched on this, but I can't remember what we've talked about now and what we lost. But um, that's that's a good question. Is he aware of anything at all? Yeah. Um, Obviously, I was kind of thinking that he might be subconsciously aware of it, and that's why he likes the painting, but he doesn't quite understand why he's drawn to it. Yeah, and it's not enough to trigger any memories of alternate timeline for him. Yeah. Because that's such a Jacob and Man in Black thing, the scale. And it really doesn't have anything to do with him, whereas if it were maybe pictures of army tents 1954, maybe he'd be like, oh. (laughs) With Latin inscriptions. (laughs) Yes, with Latin all over it. Or, you know, a uniform with the name Jones on it or whatever he had. Cunningham, Jones, I forget. But, I mean, with his flash sideways... You know, were those people on the island in the Flash Sideways? Like, we know Dharma was. Yeah, we know Dharma was. That doesn't necessarily mean that everyone we saw in Dharma was there with Dharma. If the Black Rock was there, it wouldn't necessarily mean that Richard got on the ship. I mean, anything could be different. Yeah. So, can't really take anything for granted, which is why we have so many questions about the Flash Sideways. But, uh, we'll see where they're headed. Hopefully they'll kind of, I guess, come to an end. I think I want them to end... Even if it does destroy Eloise's happy little world. Yeah. Well, you know, Eloise, you just can't win them all. <laughs> She's trying to win in every universe, but <laughs> just can't do that. <laughs> okay, um, one more thing we need to do is character awards. Okay. So we had a poll last week, so let me find the blog here. And we had three options last week. From episode 10 of season 6, the package, the options were... Jack for his concern for Sun, Ben for trying to be helpful and honest, and Locke for trying to reunite Sun and Jin. Locke got one vote. Apparently, people don't really like Locke. Even if he's trying to be nice, he's still Smoke Monster. Well... People don't go for that. Well, we still like Locke, even if, as he's Smokey Locke, we just don't think he has good character right now. Yeah. Maybe he has bad intentions. Right. The next was Ben. Ben got 24% of the vote for trying to be helpful and honest, but, you know... 
You still can't still, quite trust him. Like Alana said last week, because you're speaking. <laughs> can't trust you. And then 73% of the vote goes to Jack for his concern for son, the whole tomato thing and the notepad. So uh-huh. good for Jack. It's good to see Jack win a character award. I think it's been a while. Yeah. Except when we put Jack against Jack. But, you know. <laughs> I think Jack <laughs> sort of won that one. Yeah. <laughs> so what about this week? Who can we nominate this week for a character award? Not my computer. Not my laptop. It does not get character award for erasing that entire... It gets the anti-character <laughs> yes. award. Uh, let's see. This week, I would nominate Alternate Desmond. He was trying to do his job. And then, you know, like I was explaining earlier, he basically went from man of science, man of work, mm-hmm. to man of faith and love. So um, that's a big character switch for him as far as his alternate self goes. So I would nominate Alternate Desmond. How about you? Anybody that you would like to nominate? Um, Maybe alternate Penny because a weird guy comes up to her in the stadium (laughs) and looks kind of creepy and faints in front of her. And she's still like, you know what? He seems like a nice guy. I'll take a chance on him. (laughs) Oh, that's an interesting way to put it. Well, if you were out running and a random dude came up to you and passed out, would you say I'm going to go out with you for coffee in an hour? Uh, I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you have to be... You have to be a trusting and, I think, maybe a, a hopeless romantic a little bit to be hmm. able to do that. Okay. All right. So we have Desmond versus Penny. Ooh. How about let's let's also nominate Daniel Faraday. Because while... Just for being awesome. Well, <laughs> yeah. And for trying to help Desmond figure out, you know, what he's missing from his life and what's mm-hmm. going on. Charlie did the same thing, but Charlie was also very cynical. A little bit suicidal. A little so, bit. yeah. I mean, the things Charlie was saying... For the most part, I would I would nominate what he was saying. Yeah. But I think the message came much better from Daniel. Yeah. So I would nominate Daniel also okay. for that reason. So those are three so options. Desmond versus Penny versus, versus Daniel. Daniel. Very popular candidates yeah. this week. Woohoo. Hee <laughs> hee candidates. Yes. All right. We're getting slap happy now. Yeah. All right. Um, you can vote on those on our blog. There will be a poll up and that Why is... did your laptop doesn't just like Go pew pew hey, it's, and it's shoot still going the internet. right now, so don't <laughs> don't say anything. Don't insult it. No, <laughs> um, you insulted it first. Yeah, I probably did. Um, that's jacobscabinpodcast.com, and you can find our other contact information there. You can always call us after an episode airs and leave your thoughts on the episode. We only have a few left, so if you want to get in touch, I don't want to think about now's the time left. to do it. But we'll we'll go into next summer. I'm sure we'll have lots yeah. of stuff to talk about. We can go for weeks and months, years, start over at season one. No. <laughs> I don't know if we want to commit to that yet. But yeah, that would be a really long time. I'm sure. I'm sure there will be podcasts. Pretty soon after it ends, it'll probably start at the beginning and go through the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, they did it last summer with the, the rewatch. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could have kept better. up with that, but man, I just could not yeah. keep up with that schedule. Yeah. So, it'll be fun seeing what kind of lost podcasts come up uh, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Ah, near, near future. So, if you haven't written us ever, just write and say hi. You don't have to write in with a theory. Just say, hi, I've been listening. This is where I'm listening from. Because we like to know that kind of stuff. Yeah. We like to know who's out there. So, I think that is everything we have. We're, again, we're really sorry that this episode is not as good as the one that we recorded and lost. I'm really sad. (laughs) Me too. It was really, we had a good conversation. Mm -hmm. Denise had this thing about the MRI machine looking like the hatch. Which you finally agreed to. Well, not really. I conceded, but I don't think, yeah. And (laughs) 
we were talking about the hospital here and HIPAA mm-hmm. and all sorts of good stuff. Reproducing like bunnies and <laughs> gotta admit that was a pretty funny <sighs> joke. Yeah. So we're sorry. So this podcast is Anna's Horcrux. Yes. And we even had no, the other one. The other one was we decided the other one was my Horcrux because a little bit of my soul went out into it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we found out Anna can't do math. She oh. <laughs> She thought 60 plus 30 was 100. Well, okay. We're going to end this podcast before I get embarrassed any further. <laughs> Talk to you next Thank week, you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. Bye. The music in this episode was provided by the Pod Show Podsafe Music Network. Check them out at music.podshow.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.